Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Temple Bodley. Today's episode is all about the identity. The identity, it turns out, is just a collection of haphazardly arranged experiences, most of which we perceived in childhood from that innocent perspective, but it causes us to view the world in a certain way, and it's highly limiting. In this episode, Joshua explains how limiting the identity is, and to discover more of who you truly are, you have to make that identity malleable. You are not what you think you are. You are so much greater than that. But to understand that, you have to come from this idea of yourself as this finite individual, isolated being to who you truly are, which is a limitless, magnificent, eternal being of pure positive love and acceptance. When you start to see yourself from a higher perspective, that's when everything changes because that perspective is translated to your vibration and a reality starts to form around that new vibration or new perspective. So I think you'll really enjoy this episode. It really gets deep into this idea of identity. Before we get started, we have a couple courses going on right now in the middle of it. So there won't be a new basic training or a boot camp for about another six to eight weeks. Until then, you can try the seven-day course. It's normally $79, and it gives you a lot of the tools and everything that we do in the boot camp, sort of like a prepper course. And if you get that now, you can use coupon code 50 off to get it for $50 off. Also, there's free meditations at the website. And if you order those meditations now, I will also send you a link to all of the Joshua meditations. So if you don't have all 10 meditations, this is the way to get it. Just go ahead and download those meditations and I'll send them to you. Or you can simply send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to get more involved, we have a new QLT retreat starting in the end of July. The first one was booked up in about half an hour. And the second one's booked up quickly too. QLT is quantum life theory. It is a science-based way to approach all of these ideas that Joshua and the White Light are sharing. It's actually a collaboration between Joshua and the White Light. And if you uh, want to learn more about it, you can go to YouTube and there's a QLT video there. It's a webinar, tells you all about it. Or you can send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com and I'll send you the link. Just make sure in the subject that you want to learn more about QLT. We're going to get together with about 10 to 12 people. We're going to do this probably every couple months. And what we're looking for is people who want to teach QLT as well as go through the process yourself. It is a really fun weekend. Everyone arrives on Friday. We go all day Saturday, all day Sunday here at the Joshua House. And there's lots of exercises and activities, and it really changes the way you think about yourself, about how you think about identity, how the quantum field interacts with that perspective that you're emitting, which is actually brainwaves. And a lot of people are in what's called high beta, which is a, a dull anxiety or worry about the future or regret about the past. And this really affects how you look at your life. And so in quantum life theory, we show everyone how to change that up and how to see yourself from a different perspective, all based in science and psychology and biology is really fascinating. It's uh, an incredible weekend. So if you'd like more information about QLT and what we're doing here, and if you would even want to teach it, uh, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com and I'll send you all the information. And also remember to like and subscribe and do all that wonderful stuff you do to share this podcast with your friends and leave a review, leave a comment, leave a like, subscribe, all that stuff. We really appreciate everything you do for us over here. 
All right, without any further ado, let's get started. We are thrilled to be here. Hi, Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Hi, Joshua. If you can think about the last week, was there ever a time where you got upset? If you think about the last year, was ever a time that you got embarrassed? When you think about the last five years, was there ever a time that you wanted to be different than you were? Or was there ever a time that you thought, this is my lot in life, this is who I am, this is where I was born, these are my parents, these are my friends, these are the people around me, this is where I grew up, this is the school I went to, this was my aptitude in these subjects, this is my grade point average, this was the thing I had to do because how was I going to pay for things, how was I going to survive, and all of these things were actually perfect experiences for you. There was never a time when you faced any imperfect experience. Now, from your human perspective, we understand that you would choose things differently, that you would pick and choose among those experiences, and you would leave out the ones that caused some emotional discomfort. And from your perspective, you would choose more that made you feel good. And of course, this is believing that the outside conditions can make you feel something, and you perceive that if those conditions were different, if you were different, if the people were different, you'd feel differently. But then you get to a stage where you start to seek information. You say, I can't handle how I feel on my own. I can't control all these people. I can't change these conditions. I'm sort of stuck where I am. And this is a point of surrender. At this point of surrender, you ask a question. Question could be, how do I feel better? And when you ask a question without directing it at anyone or anything, when you simply ask that question, the question is answered. It's not answered in words per se. It's not answered in ideas per se. It's answered in a ongoing evolution of your identity, an ongoing evolution of your perspective, and an ongoing evolution of your vibration. You are moved through new experiences to discover some information you hadn't discovered before, to meet some people you hadn't met before, to do some things you wouldn't have done before. And so your identity is evolving, has always evolved, will always evolve. And your identity is allowing you to see things from either higher or more limited perspectives. There's nothing you have to do about this. This is a natural process. But when you are believing truly that who you think you are is who you are, you are not really making it easy to move. It's more difficult to have a higher perspective. You want to hold on to the same beliefs because the beliefs are attached to that identity. You want to improve yourself somehow without considering that possibly, just possibly, your identity is locking you into a certain groove that is repeating over and over and over again. If you have a situation where you face a manifestation event, the emotion that you feel, the emotion that's sent to you by your inner self, not the emotion that's generated by the event, because the event does not generate an emotion, the emotion is given to you by your inner self to let you know if you're looking at that event from the higher perspective or a more limited one. If you feel bad, you're looking at it from a limited perspective and it is not true. This is how you know if you're perceiving reality correctly. If you're looking at it from a more true perspective, then you'll feel a more positive emotion. Well, those of you who are on this call now and listening at a later date, if you're hearing these words, you have greater emotional sensitivity. 
This is a superpower, as we said before. This is a feeling reality. And if you're going to come to a feeling reality, wouldn't it make sense that you want to be able to feel? And so you choose a higher emotional sensitivity. Why would you choose a higher emotional sensitivity when everything is happening in your reality that causes you to feel something? Well, you wouldn't because from your non-physical perspective, you understand how the system works. If you can understand how the system works from your human perspective, you will not attach meaning, value, or emotion to anything outside of you. You will not perceive that anyone or anything can make you feel anything. This is the phrase that you are the creator of your reality. You cannot create in another's reality, meaning you cannot make them feel anything. That's up to them. And if that's up to them, wouldn't it make sense that how you feel is up to you? Wouldn't it make sense that they cannot create your reality, meaning they cannot make you feel anything? And so who's giving you this feeling, this emotion? Who is responsible for how you feel? Well, ultimately you are. Ultimately, it's your choice of perception. Because if you're going to continue to perceive that reality is hurting you in some way, is causing the negative emotion, then you're going to face manifestation events trying to point out or with the intention to point out that you're simply choosing an inaccurate perception of your reality. Your inner self will never stop. Your inner self will never hold a focus that is limited in any way. And so all you have to do is match up to that focus of your inner self. And that we understand that this is a new approach and this is a new way of living. But what will happen will amaze you. If you can get into alignment with your inner self's perspective on all things, thinking not like the victim anymore, but thinking like your inner self, who is like you, is you, the creator. So the creator of your reality has set it up so that you would go on a journey and you'd have experiences and you could certainly adapt living beliefs. But with this system in place, you'd have the opportunity to experience it all in joy. Imagine if you experienced it all in joy. Well, you feel nothing but what you call positive emotion. It would feel good to you. Of course, that's not really the point here, is it? The point is to differentiate between a true perspective and a limited perspective. If you are choosing the true perspective more often, you're not facing manifestation events or you're not facing negative emotion. But when you are, it's due to one thing and one thing only, your identity. You're attached to this identity. You're attached to who you think you are. But who you think you are is just a reference point. It's not true. It's just a way of perceiving. And you can change who you think you are. And if you do change who you think you are, you can soften that. You can make it malleable. You can lessen the intensity of your beliefs about who you are. And you can start thinking the way your inner self thinks. Your inner self knows your source, knows your love, knows you're here on adventure. Knows you're here to expand your inner self, yourself, the universe, source, everyone in the non-physical. Everyone in the non-physical, all the countless entities and consciousness in the non-physical is expanding because of what you're doing here. Now, you cannot take that for what we say because you believe that's not possible. I'm not expanding. I'm not doing anything special. I'm just me trying to figure things out. And we say, no, this trying to figure things out. This is what expands the universe. 
this sifting and sorting and trying new things and experimenting with new philosophies and getting angry and changing things and acting on urges and controlling and having desires and moving towards those desires. All of that is expansive. But we want you, because you've asked this question, to think about this. If you did not hold on so rigidly to your identity, could you get embarrassed? Could you feel fear? Could you get upset? Could you want anything to be different than it is? In fact, if you got really good at this idea of identity and made it really malleable, you'd be able to shape that identity into anything you wanted. Wouldn't that make sense? Shape your identity, create your identity, think new thoughts, alter those beliefs, move them from limiting to empowering, hold the idea of perfection on everyone and everything, and especially yourself. If you held the idea of perfection long enough, that would be your identity. You wake up in the morning, you think you are who you were yesterday, and that's not true. You're a new person every day. Your identity is changing without you really realizing it anyway. And in five years, you will know that you'll be a different version of you then than you are now. So soften this identity and think about, this is just a fun game here. And nobody really knows you because you don't really know yourself when you're holding on to an identity. And so no one really can say anything to you that could get you upset if you weren't holding on to that identity because they're not talking about you. They're talking about this projection, this persona, this idea of yourself, this thing you think is so important, the thing you're attached to, the thing that gives anything meaning in a meaningless reality. You get to choose what anything means, and you generally choose it based in this belief about yourself, which is limited. Choose a higher perspective. Think of yourself more capable, more worthy, more brilliant, more charismatic, more charming, more kind, more compassionate. Think of yourself in those terms, not because you want someone else to think of you that way, because that would be an identity, but because this is aligned with who you really are. This is aligned with why you came here in the first place. All of it will match up to you when you start to look at yourself as more magnificent, more perfect, more limitless, more of a being of love. We see who you are. Your inner self sees who you are. Everyone in the non-physical sees who you are, but nobody in physical reality can see who you are because who you are to them is based in their identity. What you mean to them is based in their identity. They don't understand that they never chose any of their qualities, that they were applied on a trajectory that would lead them to whatever experience. They don't understand that they could have every experience and joy. They don't understand that efforting and struggling and control is based in fear, but you understand it now. And so you can start practicing. And we say the place to start practicing is this belief about who you are. Soften those beliefs. Distance yourself from what you did five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Distance yourself from any belief that you have to do anything differently than how you feel it should be done. Allow yourself to receive inspiration, to communicate with your inner self, to act on the inspiration. Allow yourself to let go of all the attachments to that identity, all the ideals that are fantasies, all the things that you make up in your head that don't really have any meaning. 
and think to yourself, why am I here? It's interesting that I'm living in a new approach to life and I'm contemplating new concepts and I'm experimenting with some of these things. Why am I doing this? And most people aren't. Think about yourself in those terms. You are a little different than the others, aren't you? You're a little bit more emotionally sensitive. You're a little bit more curious and you feel a lot better. You're not exploring the inauthentic you anymore. You're exploring the authentic you. And the authentic you has nothing to do with the identity that you are holding on to. So soften that, we promise you, this will help you shift your perspective. When you shift your perspective, you will see yourself as more, not the identity, not the name, not the history, but more because you are source and source is love and love is perfect. And so are you. And with that, we'd like to talk to you about anything like to talk about. I have a question, Joshua. Jerry. With this idea of, of identity, if so is it, our, is it the fact that our limiting beliefs are holding us to the identity that we think we are? And if we could continue to prove those limiting beliefs false, that the potential reality is, is limitless of who we could be or what our identity may be? The reality is limitless. You are limitless. So you are existing as a limitless being in a limitless reality where all the potential exists, the potential that is unknown, the potential of those who are living in fear and have done this for centuries, typically some form of experience that someone's had before. The belief system that you are evolving into as a culture and a species, it's slowly moving forward, but attached to this belief that you are simply here for a short time, you're simply an individual, you're separate from everything else. And because of this, you have this illusion of individuality. But essentially, the mass population and the mass consciousness of the planet is what is allowing all of you to move. You are entangled with each other. You are each other. You are one. We understand that for a being who perceives himself as individual, who has no true awareness of the mass consciousness of the collective of human or the collective of all life on this planet, would find it difficult or impossible or unbelievable to connect to that mass consciousness. But you're doing it all the time whenever you're in anger or any negative emotion or any lower emotional state. When you're feeling like a victim, you know you're tapped fully into that mass consciousness. If you think that to make Jerry's life better, I'll change Jerry's identity, it's still a bit of effort and control in there. If you think that I am one with all, and I endeavor to see the perfection in all, including myself, so that I can raise up this vibration of all, not fully on your own, but adding to it in amazing ways through a new thought process, well, you would want to abandon the identity of individuality. And what we're saying is that being Jerry is meaningless in the 
context of what this is all about. You don't want to really promote Jerry. You want to promote humanity. To raise perspective of Jerry is to move yourself out of the deep, dark illusion of individuality and separation and connect, connect more, connect more. Not to promote the value of Jerry, but to bring in the thoughts of love that are added to that mass consciousness. Well, you've been taught to promote Jerry. You've been taught that Jerry needs to be a successful guy and a smart guy and and a magnanimous, vivacious, charismatic person in order to affect change in those around. Certainly, everyone has that. Certainly, this is highly beneficial. This is the way you know how to do it. But there's another level to that. Imagine living in service to this community of your fellow man, not to change them, not to fix them, not to correct them, not to do anything wrong, but simply to see them as perfect, to offer true love, to express it clearly from a non-physical perspective. So the idea here would be to be able to be this receptive lighthouse of perfection, of tolerance and compassion and kindness, and that nothing need promote Jerry from the outside. Jerry just falls into a state of being in connection to all that is and receptive to inspiration. The funny thing happens when you receive inspiration. Of course, you'll get fear and you'll think that's not the thing to do and I don't have time, money, or the wherewithal to do it. But when you push past that fear to do what you're inspired to do, you feel great, exhilarated, limitless. So you come here as this limitless being, that's magnificent God-like being. You create like a God would create this spectacular life that you're living. And as you enter this reality, you forget who you are, and you have the illusion of separation. And so you look around and you perceive things as a child and things happen and you attach meaning to these things. You learn from those who are living in fear and you develop an identity that shifts and shapes throughout your childhood, throughout your young adulthood, throughout college years and when you first started working, you first started family. And you are attempting to be something, something respectable, something that others can like, love, and appreciate, something that's been seen before. You emulate that which you were taught. And you were taught not only in school and not only by your family and not only by what you watched on TV and the taboos of your society and whatever that religion was, but you were taught by experiences that you had from a perspective initially as a child. And what was important to you as a child, you gave great meaning to. It's different now though, but you're still that child who developed an identity based on experiences from that perspective of a child that everyone carries with them and you do as well. And so this identity that you've created is in response to those experiences is in response to that emotional pain that you felt. It's an overcoming of the inadequacies that you felt as a child. 
But since this is not you, and since this isn't the purpose of your visit here, when you try to overcome the inadequacies of childhood, of those experiences, of how you felt back then and what you believed and how that formed into your identity, you're simply thinking the outside conditions can make you feel something. So if you get an amazing opportunity and you get to speak in front of thousands of people and you get a standing ovation, you are likely to accept it as validation. And that is a wonderful thing. It feels good. You see, you're perceiving reality more correctly, and that's why it feels good. If you were to get booed off stage or criticized later, you'd be feeling terrible that was because of this identity. So the feeling good and the feeling bad then is based on outside conditions bumping up against this identity and filtered through how you believe you are and what you believe you could become. But you can't understand what you could become. That's the limitless part of this. From whatever perspective where everyone is right now, that's just where you are. To move to a higher perspective, you will see clearly how this whole thing works. You will see clearly who you truly are. But you can only get to the higher perspective by softening that identity. Now, certainly, processing limiting beliefs is a fantastic way to do it. And this is where we start with you. We start with the idea that your beliefs aren't actually true. The empowering beliefs are more true, of course, but the limiting beliefs are absolutely false. Those limiting beliefs are based in an identity. And so your limiting beliefs are unique to you and everyone else's limiting beliefs are unique to them. It's a heavy sandbag attached to a balloon. And to release those lightens it up. And of course, the balloon floats in the air. And from there, you have a higher perspective. But if you think you're in a balloon instead of a rocket ship, how fast can you go? If you are a limitless being, then all these limiting beliefs are sandbags attached to an identity. What happens if you just get rid of that identity or soften the identity? You see, the intensity of the limiting belief, the strength, the attachment, the combination of who you are in these limiting beliefs can only be softened and softened and softened if you're holding on to this idea about who you are, this identity. If you were to be in a car accident, have a bump in the head, there's cases that you can see that people emerge with completely different identities. What's the idea behind that? The idea is that the identity is not the person. That it's just a belief or a repetitive motion. You could literally change that identity tomorrow. Wake up, think new thoughts, think in a different way, and say, everything that I believed about myself, I'm no longer going to believe. Because those beliefs were based in that past version, whether that was your four-year-old you or the 10-year-old you or the 20-year-old you or the 30-year-old you, that's past it's gone. You are new right now. But if you remind yourself who you are every morning, remind yourself of your problems, remind yourself of your duties or your chores, your routine, you're simply becoming that again. And again, day after day after day. Sure, you're in a program. You've done study. You're doing work. You're doing everything right. It's working. 
It's working. You are evolving. You're evolving spectacularly. But the thing that's going to slow down this process is the belief that when I get this information, Jerry is going to be unstoppable. Jerry is going to be successful. Jerry is going to be smart. You're just improving a version of you that isn't really true. You're perceiving that this identification of Jerry could make a difference in the world. This Jerry has all the speaking ability and intellect, has a way of communicating, has a way of being that's very approachable, very believable, very honest. And all of these things are adaptations to the Jerry character. And that adaptation can only take you so far. What we want you to understand is this feeling of fun and joy is more difficult when you have a rigid identity. This feeling of this playground that you're in, this exploration you're on. If you are attached to identity, you'll think, I need to make things happen. I need to be serious in these occasions. I need to work hard. I need to effort and struggle. I need to move matter using matter instead of the feeling. You feel better now because you're looking at things from a higher perspective. You are receiving more inspiration now. You are more calm now. You're more accepting now. You're more empathic now. All of these things are wonderful. Everything is wonderful. And we're not saying to change one hair on that perfect head. We're saying to think about this limitless nature, what's really limiting you? The beliefs that are limiting are attached to the identity that is limiting. The identity says, I'm not the one. I'm not worthy. I'm not perfect. I'm not special. But what if you believed and had the identity that you were special, you were perfect, you were limitless, you were worthy, you were capable, you could do anything, you could access any information. This is who you will be. This is the evolution of Jerry and everyone else on this call and everyone listening at a later date. You're moving through layers and layers and layers of this illusion of separation, connecting, 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 connecting. But everything that's causing all the thoughts to come is a vibration that you're emitting. The vibration is this perspective of who you are in your reality. And that vibration is essentially beaming out the same thing, albeit higher vibrational more and more every day. Yet it's all based in the identity and it's the identity itself that's limiting. So what is the definition of identity in the non-physical? There's only one identity in the non-physical. The identity is one. We break it apart for you so that you can understand. But this is simply to come to alignment with your human perspective so that you can understand what we're saying. Well, we have personality. We understand that it's possible to think of yourself as an individual. We realize that this earth environment is the place for this exploration. 
There is nothing inherently wrong with seeing yourself as an individual, having a name, having a personality. That's all wonderful. But in this illusion of separation, it's imbued with fear, limitation. The concept of one is until the Earth environment or until environments like this. There was no other concept. There was no other way of really understanding yourself. You understand yourself as an individual within the illusion of separation. That illusion of separation causes all fear. Causes you to disconnect from the mass consciousness of your people and to the consciousness of your inner self and source itself. You are not disconnected. You just can't believe or perceive that connection due to one thing, this individuality, this identity. So identity in the non-physical and in other environments, other physical realities, is not known, is not understood, is not part of the perception. It's oneness. Due to the earth reality, individuality was created as a thing, as a possible perspective. From that possible perspective, all kinds of amazing, wonderful things have been created from it, from trains to planes to boats to cell phones. These things would not exist without this individuality, without this lack based in individuality that causes you to birth desires, that causes creation of new things. And so it is a wonderful thing. But now there could be something else even more exciting. This could be this idea of creation based in love instead of creation based in fear. If you would look at basically anything that has been created in this earth environment was due to someone having a desire based in the lack of that thing or that ability. And so the creation regenerates itself in shinier boxes and new styles and new haircuts and things happening that are repetitious to a degree. This repetitious nature can come only to a point. You see, if one living in 1800, 90% of the population of your country was involved in some sort of farming, never traveling more than 25 miles from the place of their birth throughout their lifetime, many never learning how to read, right? Slow progress of inventions being experienced, but it was new at a slower pace. And their mind was on their immediate plot, wherever they were. You get better at this and better at this and better at this and better at this of manufacturing solutions to problems. And then you get comfortable and comfortable. And then what are you going to do? What's there to do? Oh, this person seems to be having a good life. I'll emulate that. And so you create your own box. But it's a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. And you know what happens when you take the original and you make copies of it. Pretty soon you can't see what that is. So the creation of the new would be a new approach to life. A life where you are seeing yourself from a perspective that is beyond the illusion of separation. You believe you're separate. But if you were taught 
from the beginning, from day one, that you're all one, that you can tap into the consciousness, that the consciousness wasn't all full of fear, that you could choose who you could be at any time, and you can change that. You could make things up. You could make up stories about yourself that are preposterous, and nobody would care because everyone would be doing the same thing. In your culture now, you cannot lie about who you are. You must be firmly attached to that idea. You can't say you were born in France when you were born in Montclair, New Jersey. You cannot say anything that's not true about who you are. And so that locks you in place. And you make a copy of a copy of a copy every day of your life. The unimaginable is beyond. But all of you here are at that level now where you're considering an approach to life based in love, not in fear. The approach to life based in fear is holding on to this individuality, this identity, and trying to make that into something for what purpose? For self-gratification. So that you can feel better in the conditions that you create. But if you notice, the more lavish, luxurious, soft you make your conditions, they become your prisons. And they give you no satisfaction. Because you're living from the outside in. So then we come along and we say, there's another approach to life here, based in love and acceptance. It aligns with who you truly are, which is an eternal, magnificent, limitless being of pure positive love and acceptance. So you play with this idea of acceptance. Now we're asking you to play with this idea of limitlessness. If you're a limitless being, creating in love, you're creating that which has never been created before, including unimaginable experiences no human has ever had before. When you have these unimaginable experiences, you will see your power because they're unimaginable. They defy the rules of your society built upon individuality. It isn't the new boat or the new house or the new car. While those things are wonderful, they are essentially meaningless compared to the unimaginable. The unimaginable will show you who you are. It's a quantum leap in understanding yourself as Jerry and yourself as source. You are source contained in this identity of Jerry. If you expand that identity of Jerry, you expand the source power within you. If you hold on rigidly to this identity of Jerry, you limit that power and you are constantly facing attacks on that identity because everything means something to that identity. There are characters in your public sphere that are tightly, tightly, tightly bound by a false identity they created for themselves, perceiving that their power and status would give them any satisfaction, and it gives them nothing but misery. Yes, that's for them. That's their exploration. That's what they came for. And also to be an example of this limitation of identity. But when you start opening up and saying, you know what I used to believe, prefer, think yesterday has no bearing on today. I do not have to maintain the same thing that I thought I was before because you were actually changing. 
a cat has walked on to Gary's porch, now is living with the family on the porch. At first, Gary is like, it's a pretty cat, but don't let it touch me because I'm totally allergic to cats. But this cat will not take no for an answer and will bump up against them and bump up against them until he pets the cat. And what he's noticed is in the past, he could not breathe around it. Why is it different now? Well, if you think about it, he's different now. His perception, his perspective, all of that is higher now. Maybe this isn't a vibrational match, this allergy to cats anymore. Maybe it's softened. Maybe he doesn't have to believe in what the past presented to him because he can see now that he's different than he used to be. Well, maybe everything is different now. Every single thing. Everything he thought was true in the past for him could be different now. And what if that's true for all of you? What if it was different now? Your preferences, your desires, your attachments, your beliefs, what if they were no longer true for you? How will you know if you keep reminding yourself who you are? Now, if you keep reminding yourself who you are, would you say that that's limiting or expansive? Certainly it's limiting. And if you are a limitless being, to remind yourself who you are day in and day out and do the same thing over and over and over again would make no sense. A limitless being would never repeat the same thing. A God who creates this universe is creating new, that which is new, over and over again. Never the same thing. If you've ever tried to go back home again, you know that doesn't work because that's a copy of a copy of a copy. And when you try to go back home, when you try to go to a high school reunion or some trip that you did before, you try to recreate a situation, you notice it's never as good because it was only good to the limited perspective of who you used to be. You've elevated that perspective slowly but surely, day by day, little by little by little. And when you try and go back, you don't see it from the same perspective. It's boring compared to the new version of you. So imagine accelerating that version even further. Imagine doing new things all the time. Imagine thinking new thoughts. Imagine knowing that you could get thoughts and actions and choices and decisions that resonate with the limitless version of you and not the limited version of you. This is the golden key to everything you want. And the only thing holding you back the only thing giving you any fear whatsoever is a memory of some version that no longer exists. Wonderful question. Who's next? I have a question. Excellent. I've been working on this for a couple of weeks, actually, so it's not a distinct question, but um, experiencing connection with people when doing all this work has been an interesting experience. We all think differently intellectually, I understand this. And I also understand that we are all one, so I can feel that love. But the actual interactions and connections with people is changing. And I don't have a word for it. It's not confusing. It's something else. But I don't really know what I'm asking. How is it feeling to you? Difficult it or easy? It feels difficult. Excellent. Yeah. As you evolve in this new study, new philosophy, new ideas, 
and you're experimenting with them and you're actually making changes by processing limiting beliefs and seeing yourself in a new way and understanding this idea about the outside conditions can't make you feel anything, but of course they still do. But intellectually, you realize that it's only your reaction to those things that make you feel anything. If you're walking down the street and there's a crazy person there who thinks he's a chicken and says you have lovely red hair, there's going to be absolutely no resistance to that remark because you give it no credit. It means nothing. You do not attach it to any personality, to any identity, to any perspective that would be true for you. But if your mother said, my God, what did you do with your hair? You would say, what's wrong? I did everything. This was exactly how I like it. I can't believe you don't like this hair. It's everyone else likes it. All my friends like it. You'd be defensive. You'd be defending this identity, this decision-making process that is you, this way you want to be perceived, the amount that you care about what she thinks about you. All of this would be coming back. And you'd be driving home later and you'd say, why can't this woman just be nice one time? Well, of course, she's a mirror to how you're being. But how you're reacting to that is what she is showing you. The intensity of any angst or negative emotion that you feel in response to something that she says that you take a disliking to, it's all based on this belief that you are who you are. And if she doesn't like who you are, if she criticizes who you are, well, there's nothing you can do about it because that's just who you are. That I am how I am. But what she's showing you is that you're attached to this identity. You're attached to the, the way people respond to you. Of course, everyone is. This is the basis of this new learning about who you are. You get to feel this now. In the past, you would have made up real quick excuses in your head. She just doesn't know the modern haircut. She's out of touch. She's just complaining to complain. That's just her. But because you're a highly emotionally sensitive person, these things that happened to you have caused you to endeavor to find a new way, a new way of living in this reality, a way that you intended prior to your birth, which is in pure joy. And so just know that it is possible to be with anyone in pure joy, to go through any experience in pure joy. Just know that it's possible. You don't have to do it. You're not wrong for not doing it. It's completely acceptable to have a reaction to someone who is honorary or complaining or not understanding you. You want to be understood. But just think about why you want to be understood. What does it matter? They can't understand you. It's impossible. They are seeing you, all of them, through a very smoky, blurry lens of fear. As you go through this process, you will understand that you are naturally living at a higher perspective, but you're assuming they are too. And you're wondering why they're thinking these things and why they're acting this way and why they're making these choices and decisions. They're not at your perspective. They're not at your perspective yet. They're perfectly discovering who they're not as they intended. And they are perfectly expanding. They're just missing one piece. And that piece in the grand scheme is minor. They're missing the joy, the joy that could be had from this brilliant life. And that's due to their perspective. It's due to their identity. It's due to their belief system. 
That belief system is rigid. Yours is less rigid. They need to hold on to limiting beliefs to have some semblance of structure in their chaotic mind. If you were to spend a minute in their body, you wouldn't be able to stand how they feel. And you can't see how they feel by looking at them from the outside. Some of you are highly empathic. You can feel their vibration often. And so we say, have compassion with them. Don't pity them, but see them as perfect, getting every ounce out of this experience that they need. They're expanding the non-physical. They're expanding their inner self, just like everyone else's. And they're just simply in that stage of playing around with the illusion and seeing what this is like. Because in the non-physical, there is no illusion. You know exactly who you are. You get to come down here and feel what it's like to not understand who you are. And then to derive some identity to form some framework in which this can possibly make sense. But they don't feel as deeply as you feel. They're not compassionate as you are. They're not empathic because these are all qualities that emerge from a higher perspective. They want to defend their identity. They want to poo-poo any idea that you have. They want to pretend that they're more intelligent or knowledgeable or expert in certain areas. They are not at all. None of them are. Not your finest scientists or teachers or doctors. They're all operating from this perspective of fear. And this causes them to operate within an illusion that's never true. They think they found up some secrets that will help everyone. They're just off in a corner playing with dolls. You're at a perspective where now you're looking at who they truly are, who you truly are, and what this reality truly is. Why you're here, why they're here, why you're interacting. When you look at them in perfection, there has to be those who are operating in the depth of the illusion. And there has to be those who are operating in the height of clarity. That's the only difference there. You're in the heights of clarity among the highest perspective on earth. And so it feels weird that they don't get it. And it feels weird that they're saying these weird things they're saying. And it feels weird when you're moving out of that mindset into a new mindset. This is common. This happens for everyone. It is your time of understanding that there's a difference here, that you're different, that you've always been different, and you always thought you were the same. So the feeling of even more separation, sort of ironic. You're lifting up your perspective but you're feeling separated, part of the process. As you get even higher perspective, you will start to connect back to them, not in a agreement with their limited perspective, but in compassion with their limited perspective. You won't see it as wrong. You will literally not care what they say. And you can be around all of them because you will look at them through the lens of perfection rather than imperfection. So imagine going from wearing these really strange glasses your entire life that are obscuring everything, and then suddenly you take them off and you can see clearly. And you look around 
and they're all wearing those glasses and they're all seeing complete illusions of everything. And you're trying to explain it to them. And you're saying, take off your glasses, take off your glasses. And they say, no, I can't see without these glasses on because it's true. They cannot see without them on. You take them off, you see clearly. They take them off, it's just darkness. This is the only way they can see. And when you realize that you're a little different than they are because when you take the glasses off, you can see and they cannot see, you say, oh, they have to have the glasses. I get it. And so when they tell you that this thing is that way and you see clearly it's not, you have compassion for them because that's the best they can do. They're just making their way through their perception. And one day they'll be able to take off the glasses and they'll take it off because of a belief that they don't need the glasses. They'll notice that you're not wearing glasses and you can see perfectly. And one by one, they will take off these glasses and they will see clearly because you're the example of the one who doesn't need the glasses. And you're not putting them down and berating them and trying to make them different. You're just walking around without glasses on. That's all you're doing. And you're seeing clearly. And because of that, you're feeling good. And you're able to learn eventually how to explain the world to them because they only see the illusion. They only see the obscurity because of the glasses they're wearing. Because if you take off your glasses and start trying to explain to everything, everyone what's going on here, they'll think something's wrong with your glasses. You took them off and of course you can't see because they can't see. And so you're making it up. You see, they take off the glasses, they see darkness, they see you without glasses initially, and they assume that you're seeing the same thing they're seeing with the glasses on, which is pure darkness, but you're telling them what the world is like, and they're like, don't listen to her. She doesn't even have glasses on. How could she possibly know? But long enough for the right people who are ready, they're going to say, What's interesting here is you've had your glasses off for 10 years. You haven't put them on once. And you're living a spectacular life without the glasses. How is this possible? When I take glasses off, I see nothing but darkness. How is this possible? Say, do you want to know? You never need the glasses. You just got to get used to the light. If you would just spend a day without the glasses, without the identity you'd see the light. You'd see everything I see. And they would say, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. No, that's not true. I need my glasses. Okay. Take them off for 15 minutes. Meditate. Meditate. Notice those thoughts. Those thoughts aren't yours. They're not being manufactured in the brain. Notice that uh, the universe is perfect. Would you change any of the stars up there? That love is perfect. That God is love. So... God must be perfect and love must be perfect. And if you express love, you're expressing perfection. Would you agree with that? Possibly would you imagine that everything's happening is not happening to you, it's happening for you. You see, you say exactly the right thing to the right person because without the glasses on, you'd see clearly and you'd realize that you're just an expression of this love that's coming from source through you to them when you see them as perfect. And when you choose to see them as flawed, which you are going to be doing for quite a while, as you remove that identity, you'll start to see them from a higher and higher and higher perspective. And you will get joy in your interaction with them 
But initially, it's all annoyance. Initially, it's all aggravation. Initially, it's all, oh, I can't handle your energy. You're bringing me down. So if that's the case, all you got to do is spend some time alone in meditation yourself. And then practice, experiment. Be with them. See the perfection in them. See the curiosity that they have the love that they have for others in certain times and then forgive them their fear because they have no idea. They have no clue yet, but you've come, you've all come to be this example of those who live spectacular lives without their glasses. You can't imagine how interesting this is for us, for those in the non-physical to see how you're moving through this rapid pace of ascension, of elevation of perspective, of transition from a life of operating with the mind and the intellect to the life of operating with love from the heart. You all created compassion. You all are responsible for so many interesting things that are available in the universe because of everything you've all done over the centuries. And you've come to this level here where you're ready to bump it up a notch, and now create with love. Create that which is truly new, truly novel, truly unique. For once, it's a creation of feeling, creating from the feeling none of the problem, none of desire for some solution, but what could be created with no attachment, no ideals, no respect to identity, no needing anything, just a creation from the heart. You get an inspiration all the time. You get ideas all the time. You bump those ideas against your identity and you say, no, I'm not going to do that. Just a bit of fear. That's okay. Because you will act on a lot of inspiration. That's wonderful. That's what brought you here. You will do things you haven't done before. You will expand and open up that identity and soften it. You will Look at limiting beliefs and see for yourself, find evidence how they're false. You're doing everything perfectly. And you are ascending to the heart to operate from feeling and manifest from there. Not what you think you want, that which is unimaginable. You evoke the feeling of love, the feeling of acceptance, the feeling of perfection, the feeling of I am the source creator of this reality, and I need not know what I need to create. Because to create from this perspective is to create in a box. To create from your inner self's perspective, the highest perspective, is to create the unimaginable. The unimaginable, then, is the miracle, is the thing that shows you your power. And pretty soon, this identity falls away. Because the unimaginable does not operate within the limitations of a rigid identity. A rigid identity is based in fear. A rigid identity is causes of all the fear that you encounter, cause of all the meaning that you give things. And when you lighten that up, you live as you intended, in a lightness of joy. And with that, we are complete.
Thank you. Thank you, Tashma. Thank Thanks you. for asking the question. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Episode, and I love those questions. It's amazing to me how the Yo know, Joshua starts with their intro and their little dialogue there, and then the questions sort of always revolve around that subject. I don't know how it works, but it's pretty interesting. Uh, if you'd like to get on one of these Joshua live calls. All you got to do is send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to the next call. Also, if you'd like to get more involved, we have a new QLT retreat starting in the end of July. The first one was booked up in about half an hour and the second one's booked up quickly too. QLT is quantum life theory. It is a science-based way to approach all of these ideas that Joshua and the White Light are sharing. It's actually a collaboration between Josh and the White Light. And if you uh, want to learn more about it, you can go to YouTube and there's a QLT video there. It's a webinar, tells you all about it. Or you can send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com and I'll send you the link. Just make sure in the subject that you want to learn more about QLT. We're going to get together with about 10 to 12 people. We're going to do this probably every couple months. And what we're looking for is people who want to teach QLT as well as go through the process yourself. It is a really fun weekend. Everyone arrives on Friday. We go all day Saturday, all day Sunday here at the Joshua House. And there's lots of exercises and activities. And it really changes the way you think about yourself, about how you think about identity, how the quantum field interacts with that perspective that you're emitting, which is actually brainwaves. And a lot of people are in what's called high beta, which is a, a dull anxiety or worry about the future or regret about the past. And this really affects how you look at your life. And so in quantum life theory, we show everyone how to change that up and how to see yourself from a different perspective, all based in science and psychology and biology is really fascinating. It's uh, a, an incredible weekend. So if you'd like more information about QLT and what we're doing here, and if you would even want to teach it. Uh, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com and I'll send you all the information. And again, thanks for being here. Like and subscribe, leave a review. The best thing you can do to help us is to leave a review. Okay, until next time, have a wonderful week. Bye.